You're listening to The Soju Sessions, episode 67 on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wonton, or simply just Anton. And joining me today on this kind of incredible day of news, um, my dear friend, um, someone I, who I go on uh, K-pop adventures with, and a huge BTS fan, a huge army um, for quite some time. The one and only Tiffy is here for the intro. Hi, Tiffy. Hello, everyone. So we recorded our BTS proof album discussion on Monday, June 13th. And then today on June 14th, the news dropped that um, during BTS's Festa, so their celebration of their anniversary, um, they will be going on hiatus. That was the word that was um, in the video. Um, but to clarify, a spokesperson informed Rolling Stones that they, um, the group um, is still together. They are just going to be doing solo projects um, and kind of doing things not officially as a group for some time. Um, and it hit everyone like a ton of bricks. So we're recording this intro um, just to get Tippy's reaction just as a longtime army. Tippy, how are you emotionally um, getting this news today? No, that's been like a almost 10 12 hours since it's passed um i'm a little more calm about it but definitely waking up to the news and watching it before work was not a good idea because i was like oh it's gonna be lighthearted. it's just like the regular uh festa dinners and everything and then they start crying and i start crying and i was like what do i do <laughs> um but i like if to be completely honest, to say that I'm not shocked would be a lie. But I also understand where they're coming from. Yeah, let's kind of break it down a little bit. So um, in the Rolling Stones article um, by John Bliston, he details kind of some of the quotes that came out of um, the announcement. So RM specifically talked a lot about um, rediscovery and kind of needing to take the time to find out what music means to him again. So some of the quotes were um, that he acknowledged that the group has changed over time um, and didn't know what kind of group they were anymore. So it, it, it sounds very dramatic, but in the moment, I think it's really just self-reflection on um, what they want to do moving forward. Um, RM would go on to talk about his uh, songwriting process and the lyrics. Um, one thing kind of spoke to me that was um, really meaningful was... It's really important what kind of story and message I want to give out. But it was like that was gone now. I don't know what kind of story I should tell now. So storytelling is such a big part of BTS. Arm encapsulated it here. Um, how do you feel about Arm's comments about storytelling and kind of rediscovering what the BTS story is moving forward? I can see where they're coming from. Even Suga said it um, himself that he doesn't really know what to say. Like he just doesn't have a message to give out and it wasn't really quite sure. And I think any fans, any army would kind of know them for their lyrics. They're very incredibly talented and a lot of their lyrics have a play on um, words, um, have a really strong message um, to the fans and so on and forth. 
Um, so for them to be stuck on a message, I feel like is really telling on why they're choosing to do this break. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really important to make that distinction, right? This is just a break from group proper activities, right? Um, I think they would continue on and say um, the group will remain active in various formats, meaning they're all going to be doing stuff still. Uh, it's just not going to be officially as um, the seven of them on stage doing a tour or shows, right? Um, we, we do know that J-Hope will be headlining Lollapalooza, so he is kind of the first in line for kind of these solo projects. Um, how do you feel about you know now a time that's going to be very specifically about solo projects for BTS um, and that J-Hope is the first one out of, out of the gate. Like, how does that kind of hit you? Um, I feel like armies are more than ready to support each and every one of them, but it's also like we're nervous in some sense because for our dear, lovely merch collectors, now it's just seven more merch separately that we have to collect. Um, so it's a big, like, mixed feelings, I think. It's very lighthearted now that, like, everything has been processed, um, especially since there has been clarification from HYBE itself that it is just a break, they're not disbanding, um, and they're really trying to focus themselves um, just on themselves. And to be honest, they have been, like, giving nine years to the fans and, like, have been, like, they've sacrificed nine years for us. So I think they do deserve a break. Yeah, and it is mentioned that um, Map of the Soul 7 um, was going to be kind of that turning of the page for the group. Um, but then the pandemic happened, a lot of things shifted and changed. Um, and then they found um, something kind of special in Dynamite and kind of exploring that realm of um, being Western accessible. So I think just the past two years have been a whirlwind of things that they had not anticipated. So... It does stand to reason that, you know, a break is definitely deserved from them. Um, I mean, they recently just did the um, Permission to Dance tour for about eight months, essentially, between L.A. shows, Korea, Vegas. Um, they went to the White House recently. So they, they have been busy. So it, it does it, it does make a lot of sense. And again, definitely well-deserved that they do step back and kind of reinvigorate themselves with their solo projects and try to find whatever artistic expression that they want to produce moving forward as BTS, coming back whole, um, and just being stronger together. Um, any, any final thoughts you have on uh, this announcement about uh, BTS? Um, I'm just excited because obviously I think since they've been so busy, I could only imagine how much they've kind of sacrificed of their own personal hobbies and their own personal like taste and interests. So I'm kind of excited to see like which, what each of them will kind of do. Like there's been rumors that Jin might take up acting again. Um, Tay might also do acting again. Um, there might be a comeback. There's actually going to be a um, In the Soup um, re-edition with his acting squad, the Wuga squad, so that's also in the works. But overall, just really excited. This is why I have you on. You have all of the in-depth <laughs> knowledge of all of these things that I'm just like very like unaware of. Um, all I can say is uh, I would like V to do a solo project where he's doing like, OSTs that make me cry, that make me feel things. Um, I, I, I love uh, the OSTs that he does. Um, I think the song was called Christmas Tree. For um, Our Beloved Summer. Yes. I, strange title. Great song. Strange title. Um, 
but yeah, it's just um, a lot of a lot of things ahead that I'm sure the members can explore during this time of uh, rediscovery. Ify, thanks for hopping on on this kind of emergency Hi. episode to uh, you know, get this intro to address. Be like the first breaking news of this kind of podcast. I know it was kind of incredible. Um, yeah, no, uh, we do have a full BTS proof album discussion coming up, so uh, we're just gonna get right into it. Thank you, everyone, for uh, for sticking with us and staying tuned, and um, you know, processing this news together. We we are all here together, all to emotionally support each other. So, for sure, just um, you know, we're all here. All right, coming up, my chat with Tiffy on BTS Proof, an album discussion on the Soju Sessions. Joining Soju Sessions, uh, a famous person, someone who um, is so well known around a myriad of K-pop circles, um, an enormous army. Um, you can see in her background right now for all the YouTube viewers, uh, it is decorated with so much K-pop. The one and only Tiffy. Welcome to the show, Tiffy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, you are just one of the many amazing people that I've met over the past few months um, on the Internet and have actually gotten to meet in real life. Um, so you and I are fairly close in proximity. We're maybe 15, 20 minutes away from each other in Northern California. Um, and we hang out. Maybe too much? No, not enough, I would say. Excuse me. <laughs> no, but you are a true friend. You've uh, helped and assisted with so many things in K-pop, in the world of K-pop. And um, a fun fact, you are an enormous army. You're a big BTS fan. So let's start there. Um, uh, you know, tell everyone about your K-pop origin story. And, um, you know, well, what's, what's BTS's involvement in this? How did it all begin for you? Okay, well, BTS wasn't my first K-pop group, um, ironically enough, but they're definitely my biggest growing forward. Um, so I started listening to K-pop because my cousin introduced me to a lot of um, SM groups, so specifically Girls' Generation and Super Junior, and it just so happens to like kick off this like small little addiction to me inside me because I would always have like those handphones and you can download songs and I would just listen to them on repeat. Um, so that kind of evolved into watching YouTube videos back in like 2011, 2012. And um, when BTS debuted in 2013, I had heard a few tracks, but it wasn't until one of their songs, their B-sides, became like my dance audition cover song um, was what I kind of got into them. But that, yeah, that's basically how it all started. All right, yeah, go back. All right, first of all, you are an OG K-pop fan from over 10 years ago, which is incredible. So sticking with it. Um, two, uh, you have told me this in the past, and now I'm just now remembering it. Everyone, Tiffy is a professional dancer. She um, dances and has auditioned um, on, on to, audition to many uh, dance 
cruise in Northern California in the South Bay. So yeah, she she will show you everything. I'm sure we can find that clip of the audition tape somewhere of BTS. What, what was the BTS song that you auditioned to? <laughs> buried in like the darkest of dark lips you will never find it but i dance to jump wow that's that's hype it was really hype that's hype it was great yeah guys see i know bts please let's be real <laughs> um no that that is an incredible story how did that evolve into connecting with other people about k-pop because at that point in k-pop in the early 2010s um, yes, it was a very much an internet niche interest, but it's not the same as it is today, definitely. Um, how, how did you meet other people um, and kind of grow your fandom? Yeah, um, it definitely started out with my friends. I feel like I was always the one that's like, oh, you should check out this video. Oh, you should listen to this. This is like my favorite song. It, it was kind of more of a trade-off at that time where I would listen to something they really liked and they would vice versa listen to mine. Um so I'd find like little niches of friends that would do that and like kind of build from there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think from there it became a lot easier once you joined like communities like on Instagram or like um, Tumblr back in the day. Um, and yeah, from there it was pretty easy to make like online fly um, friends. Uh, did you were you able to find any groups when you were in college and you saw? Social groups, school clubs. Um, college was a little bit harder because I went to a more predominantly um, less involved in the K-pop community. Um, so college was more of like downhill for me for my community-wise. <laughs> um, but I definitely met more online friends. So through more of like social media because that was when it really like kicked off. Um, definitely like around. 2017 2018 k-pop really took like a big kickoff there and then yeah a big leap forward for for k-pop as far as popularity um and internet accessibility right i think at that point there was just that was the growing portion of youtube where not only was it music videos but now you had uh, internet reactors and people um kind of talking about k-pop and being really open about it i think in the 2010s that was when like asian people were like popping off on YouTube. Um, you can go all the way back to like Wang Fu and Kev Jumba and those like OG OGs. Um, and I think a lot of that was like the, the foundation for how K-pop reactors um, were you know, kind of kind of grown into it. I think there's a better way to phrase that, but kind of it kind of grew into that, right? Um, so yeah, the, the internet, God, we've seen the internet grow from like 2010, haven't we? Jeez. I know. I just remember like just, I vaguely remember like the OG format of YouTube where it's just like, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like a very plain YouTube screen, like almost like your internet browser. And I would just be searching up like the randomest videos, but it was just our form of entertainment back then. Yeah. Um, shout out to Girls Generation. Make you feel the heat. That's it right there guys girls bring the boys out we bring the boys out all right we're gonna this is not a <laughs> sm girls generation show i swear i promise even though i tend to make it that occasionally um we're gonna talk about bts now so they have come back they've returned with an amazing anthology album titled proof 
Um, I'm going to be quoting Natalie Morin of Rolling Stones. I think she wrote an incredible article kind of summarizing very concisely what this anthology album means to BTS and why um, it's important that they put this out in celebration of their nine years as a group. Um, the beginning paragraph reads, Proof, the group's latest release is its most ambitious yet... Is it, is, 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 is its most ambitious... I'm going to start over. Because words are hard. Here we go. Take two. Proof. The group's latest album is its most ambitious yet, but not necessarily in the way many would expect. Over a three-volume anthology, ETS not only chronicles their tireless, ultra-successful journey thus far, but also, lis- but also gives listeners an intimate look into the hard work that has gone behind it. Finally, they're letting themselves take a moment to stop and enjoy the view. All right, Tiffy. Um, so kind of hearing those words. What resonated about this? What resonated with you about this album and kind of being a celebration, an anthology of all of their past music with a blend of kind of the new and evolved style that they have today? I think it's definitely more geared towards a um, trip down memory lane which is both nostalgic for them as an artist to see how much they've grown and like develop as artists themselves and their discography and their just like general flow, um, especially with um, like their achievements, their awards and how global they become, but also as fans to see them like on our end too, to see how they've grown and see like how much um, the community has grown. It's just overall our love for BTS. Um, so yeah, all throughout the whole CDs, you kind of get the feel of like different um, memorable moments because that's how the CDs were kind of cho- like chosen out. So it was definitely kind of seeing those big highlights in their nine years. Yeah, I feel like BTS uniquely does a really nice job of storytelling and reflecting about their entire journey with every release, right? Um, I, I would even go as far as to say Dynamite, Butter, Permission to Dance, and Life Goes On have a very specific message that all kind of connect to who they are as artists. Um, maybe not as obvious and clear because those are so pop-friendly songs, with the exception of Life Goes On. But I, I think there is a very clear thread of what they're trying to communicate as far as where they've been, um, all the ups and downs in their careers, and then now that they've made it to a point where they can be accessible to everyone, um, here, let's reintroduce you all to everything that we're all about. Um, so even like I said, like the most recent songs, um, even as Western friendly as they are, it's very important. It's an impo- important um, emotional touch point for them because it's the sign that the, it shows that they made it. You know, they, they've broken into, um, you know, here, the United States, into the living rooms of people in the Midwest and other parts of the United States that would never have heard of K-pop before. So... I think uh, it's a big accomplishment and definitely something to be celebrated with this album. All right, uh, let's get into the title track, the music video that they released. It's titled Yet to Come, The Most Beautiful Moment. Tiffy, you see these gentlemen, these all white decked out suits in the desert. What are the feelings that it evoked out of you? What did you feel seeing them so angelic out in the desert? Um, it definitely gave me a strike of contrast. Because originally when the teasers first came out, I wasn't really knowing what to expect. 
they had a song about C, which was a hidden track in one of their older albums. Um, and a lot of, there was a lot of speculations about it being a homage to that, which I thought was really cool. Um, but I think the desert has a lot of symbolism in itself, kind of being its own kind of barren self. Um, so having all those vivid imagery coming up in the music video and in the song shows how much they were symbolizing that. So let's go through some of the imagery now. Um, I think the one that was most striking to me, that was most memorable, is uh, is Suga, shooting guard. I will always call him that. Ha ha ha. Um, so his motif is somewhat of an oasis, where there's a garden growing out of a piano, kind of in the center as he's rapping. Um, I think Suga's part is my favorite rap section of the entire song. Um, but what did that kind of make you think about? as far as the, the symbolism for where they are in their career, kind of growing into who they are? Um, yeah, I think you bring up a good point about the oasis. I feel like the idea of an oasis is kind of imaginary and kind of fictional. Um, so when you think of an oasis and like the vivid imagery that kind of fits into that, it kind of has more of like a double-edged source to it. It's like maybe where they are, it's like kind of fictional and like people are imagining it or they can't really accept that this is where they are as artists, but also like something that they want to dream about and like also be in and like achieve. So it's more of like the two edges um, towards it. Yeah. Oh, that's a great contrast, right? right. A great duality um, the kids like to use, uh, but in a more serious um, a literary way to to think about it is uh the illusion of wealth and success right and you know what does that mean if you get lost only chasing the idea of it as opposed to making it a reality um no that's that's incredible Tiffy, you nailed it you killed it um was there any other um images that really stood out to you that were striking um that you know had that really stuck in your mind um because i've got a couple but i want to see what you got what came out what came to you um, there's a lot that was going on in the music video. I'm not gonna lie. I had to search some stuff up um, just to make sure I wasn't missing any clues. Um, definitely them with the bus at the end um, was a very big striking contrast because in their debut music video, um, they were on a bus and they were getting into a bus and now they're getting off a bus. Um, so that was a really big like contrast of like, oh, this is where they are now and seeing like how much they've grown. Um, there's other ones where they paid homage to some of their like really big music videos, um, such as like Spring Day. They had the, I don't know what it is called, the carousel, the little spinning thing. <laughs> um, right, it's a carousel, right? I think it's a carousel. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I'm like doubting it. So I'm pretty sure it's a carousel. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> you know what it is, people. If you know the music video, you know what it is. If you don't, go watch it. <laughs> it's just the word. You know, it's a word's a thing. But yes, the thing. So that was a really big homage too. Um, and then they're actually like the flowers that they use were the um, Smeraldo flowers, which is kind of a fictional flower that they've created in their universe that some like kind of goes into one of their songs um the truth untold so it's a part of um how reality isn't always true um there's no way to really define reality so it ties back to the oasis theme and how they're kind of blooming into this like really dreamlike land it's fire 
God, true fan over here. Man, do do, do you want to take over? Do you want to host this show? Feel free. (laughs) That's all amazing stuff. All right, so uh, so a couple of the other images that really popped out to me is, uh, so there's two um, kind of going back and forth between RM and J-Hope. RM is rapping in front of a storage unit, um, and then J-Hope is rapping, and then um, his background is a broken down train. Um, I did not do any prior research. I'm just trying to interpret the music video as I know it. But now hearing that you have so much uh, BTS knowledge, is there any significance to the storage unit for RM and the train for J-Hope? Um, so the storage unit is the same storage unit as their music video in Run. It has the same numbers. So Run was a really big kind of kickoff. Um, Run was, I believe, in... Um, part two of HYYH. Uh, so that's when, when they really, their, their popularity really soared. Um, so it was a homage to that. And um, yeah, um, in terms of the train, I can't remember on the top of my head. You got me there. That's okay. <laughs> um, well, someone will correct us in the comment section as they will always do. And that is totally fine. Internet, hello, hi. Um, well, there's, there's a few more. So, um. And I apologize if I don't get to every single member. I'm just trying to recall the ones that really stood out to me and take note of the ones that I really um, wanted to notice. Um, the outfits, I feel like, had a lot of symbolism. Uh, so kind of take me through it. So we did have V in a suit that almost looked like a uniform. Um, is there a callback to a song or music video? I can think of one, but I could be wrong. Um, to me, it kind of felt like Boy in Love. But I think I'm just kind of reaching there. Was there any uh, anything that you drew from kind of that outfit? Um, I think the music video outfits I didn't prioritize too too much. Um, I definitely think like when they released for Fiesta, which is when kind of like in the same line as their album release. Um, ironically, we're f- filming on Fiesta Day. <laughs> Um, so their outfits are all different eras of, um, their careers that they chosen. So I think their outfits did do a lot of like symbolism. Nice. Um, so we do have a couple of other members. I'm just going to rapid fire, throw them out at you and then you feel free to go in whatever direction. So to me, it felt like JK, uh, Jungkook was kind of the perspective character, at, at least at the start. Um, and near the end when Jin, um, covers his eyes and then reveals the school bus. Um, and then we had Jimin, um, Jimin, Jin, and am I missing anyone? I feel like I'm missing someone. Jimin and Jin, um, they did have, they didn't have specific parts that I can remember, but I do recall the back of the truck being pretty important for the group as a whole. Um, so kind of take me through it. Um, fill in the blanks. What did you think about kind of those elements of the music video? Um, Honestly, the truck is kind of out there, so I think it's also a tie to their old music videos. Um, it ties in like kind of getting off and getting on the truck itself and being okay with their journey because I know um, there was a lot of truck scenes in all their music videos um, back in the day, especially like around 2015, 2016. Um, so I think they were trying to pay homage to that specific year because that was their year that they actually won their first award in 2015. Nice. Um, and then 
do kind of want to wrap it up a little bit here with the the school bus. So you did say that that's kind of the starting point for them in their entire career. Um, and then it ends uh, kind of going full circle. Um, in your interpretation, where do you feel like they're going to go from here as far as you know, sitting on the school bus at the very end? Um, it, it's not a sense of sadness. It's more of a sense of expectation and excitement right, for a continuing journey. Um, to me, this song and music video kind of represents the end of a chapter for them where the story keeps going, everyone. There's going to be uh, more to come. Yet to come. Uh, so how do you kind of interpret like that um, overall full circle feeling of that symbol? Yeah, I think you put it in a really nice tone. Um, I think definitely they're going on to do things that they embody now as um, a decade, almost a decade later. Um, everyone's musicality and taste in music development for as artists has developed then like nine years ago so them kind of getting off and also sitting on the school bus was kind of a tie to oh we still remember our roots and this is still us but there's more to come there's yet it's yet to come um and while we might not still make the same music as they did nine years ago, um, even though I know a lot of fans would want that, um, they're still BTS and they're still the same people that we started to like from 2013. Yeah, absolutely. It's about growth and change, right? Um, I think there's a lesson to be had about stagnation, um, wandering in the desert. Um, really not having a direction and what does it mean when you do find your purpose when you do find your end goal right um, it's never necessarily an end goal to completely achieve it's an end goal to work towards and i feel like that's what bts is trying to say here or encompass here uh, between the music video and the song um kind of going into the technical aspects of the song what were some of your favorite feelings about the song um to me it was it was a very mellow hip-hop song I'm for this, where it's a little bit more introspective. Um, what are your overall thoughts and feelings about how the song plays out for you? Um, I'm really glad they didn't really go too poppy with it, especially since it was kind of geared towards a homage to their past. So I felt like the vibe that they went for really like hit the message home for a lot of like older fans. Um, but also for as a new fan to like kind of introduce them to like more than just what the Western um, media kind of portrays them as. Yeah, a really nice blend, a really nice compromise. Um, not not compromising, but a compromise between kind of the old and the new, right? Where um, definitely the past two years is specifically a Western pop sound. Great success. No one can deny it. Shout out to BTS for doing it, doubling down, and then now being a household name. Um, but I think they also did a great job with this song, blending a lot of the familiar of the past two years with them saying like, oh, but this is where we are, like you said, um, in the roots, right? Being a K-pop group with a heavy hip-hop inspiration um, in kind of just the right ways with this. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but my favorite parts of the song is the rap line um, between RM, J-Hope, and Suga. Um, it, it, it's striking how much more this stands out than um, in, in previous tr title tracks, right? Um, I would say just Permission to Dance, Butter, um, 
and Dynamite didn't have this level of um, like hip hop influence that was just so apparent. I, I kind of like it. I, I kind of feel like I'm drawn back in, right? It's like, oh, okay, cool. We're, we're doing a little bit of the old with, with a little bit of the brightness of the new, right? Okay, cool. cool. I like this. I like this. Um, and, and the overall message of the song, right? It, it's very hopeful looking forward. So um, fits quite nicely into uh, summertime. So good job, BTS. Giving us a nice little uh, seasonal track here. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, I kind of missed it. Like, I am all for the poppy, like, super poppy summer songs. But this kind of just gives a more, like, homey feel to it, where I can kind of listen to it on repeat. Like, it won't catch, like, it's not super, super catchy from the get-go. But it's definitely a repeatable song, so where I can continuously listen to it. And I think it kind of ties into how... There was a mention before by JK saying that there's a difference between how different um, styles of music are produced or like how vocals are introduced into a song. So I think it was a more of a blix of like what they're comfortable with, but also a new side of them. Um, so with Western um, music, a lot of them sing with um, their chest voice versus like K-pop typically leans towards ballads and a lot of their like head voice. Um, so it was, this song kind of blends the two together. So when you kind of analyze it that way, it seems like a good blend of like where they are as an actual K-pop group, but also like the Western side that they also are embracing. Uh, PhD to Army, uh, <laughs> to be here. Uh, I award you. It is graduation season. You have uh, completed your degree as Army. That was excellent. That was beautiful. Um, no, I, I think that is really spot on. Um, I, it didn't occur to me um, until you had just said it because I, I do, um, you know, just going down the K-pop rabbit hole, you do find yourself on YouTube videos describing the musicality differences between K-pop and Western music. I do remember a lot of the, the discussion um, on some of those videos about how vocals are um, projected, right? And um, yeah, that was back in the day when I was going through like the, the OG YouTube, but you just completely like, tied it all into BTS so so beautifully. And I think it just makes a lot of sense, right? I think um, when, when other folks hear it, um, they, they can't not hear it anymore because I will definitely be looking out for those cues, right? Of what that sounds like. Yeah, excellent, amazing. All right, um, let's kind of go into the details of the anthology album. In disc one, it's a story of their careers through title tracks. Um, what did you think about their choice to give us, it's 15 title tracks, right? I want to say yes. it's 15, right? And then the two bookended songs with um, Born Sinner, Born Singer, sample from <laughs> J. Cole's Born Sinner. I have a lot of notes, okay? Um, and then we, we bookend it at the end with Yet to Come. What did you think about that process of them saying all our title tracks with these two songs at the beginning and the end? Honestly, Born Singer still makes me cry. It's been years. It still makes me cry. Um, it really shows them how much they've grown. And they actually, like remastered Born Singer a little bit. So they tweaked a few um, lines to just fit how they are now. And that slight little difference has make make it huge, actually a really big difference in like the song itself. Like we still get that 
sad like deep finds that this is the path that they chose to go with and we're so incredibly proud of them but also like that little twist kind of shows how much they have achieved in that nine years um and it kind of just ties into their main title track <laughs> yeah there's a great sense of poetry um i know the idea of you know explicitly calling something poetry uh, is somewhat of a joke sometimes but i think it's very pointed it very much makes sense here specifically with the construction of disc one right um and again it's a great introduction for perhaps newer bts fans who have just gotten into them due to the pandemic due to um, curiosity recently to just really go over like here are the title tracks that were on music shows in korea um that these were the things that we led with um, and how they've evolved over time. And I think that's a pretty cool experience. Disc two um, are handpicked solo and subunit B-sides. Um, I know very little about the deeper discography of BTS. Um, I, I do want to kind of set it up where, again, I'm going to quote Natalie Morin of Rolling Stones. Check out her article, everyone. It's an incredible read. So she describes... Um, each member and their input on this disc. So we have RM with introspection, Suga with self-awareness, J-Hope with vivacity. That's a great word. Jin with warmth, Jimin with emotions, uh, emotiveness, emotiveness, um, V with contemplation, and Jungkook with ease. Um, so just hearing kind of those descriptions, what are your takeaways from disc two? Honestly, this too really showed the members' characteristics and all the words you kind of describe kind of fits them um, and the reason why they chose the specific songs that they did. Um, it just shows, I think this one was definitely more of like the hook and sinker for new fans and like old fans to be like, oh, this is BTS. How do we get into this fandom? How do we like, you know, become fans? And then... This too was definitely more of just the members themselves and who they are and encapsulating their personality in the songs that they did choose themselves. Nice. Um, and then there is a new track on this too. It's called Run BTS. Um, it, it's kind of groovy. It's got a guitar kind of a. Oh my god, it's so it. chaotic. It's so catchy. It, it's, a, it's a little wild. It's got a little some hip hop flair into it. All right, it, uh, tell me, what did you think about this blend of rock music and hip hop for BTS? I was not expecting that. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed it though. It was super catchy. And the little, like, small, like, especially the bridge with um, JK and Jimin. So good. <laughs> um, on repeat, on TikTok forever, um, just looping all through my profile. <laughs> um, but I think it's a really like, not really like a tribute, I want to say, but it definitely shows like how carefree they are when they're recording. Um, I did see some behind the scenes clip of like where certain sounds came from. It's just them kind of messing around in the studios. I think a lot of their um, really solid, good title tracks, or not even title tracks, but just tracks in general, just come from them just messing around. And it kind of shows how great they are as artists, where they can just produce something and just like just by messing around, they produce like a great hit. But also like they're just enjoying their jobs and they're genuinely enjoying what they're doing. And they just want to put this out for fans and just have that same feeling. 
Yeah. Um, as you were as you were speaking, I what comes to mind is jazz music, like live jazz music, right? Where everything is a push and pull and ebb and flow, where it's not necessarily planned. A lot of it's improv. Um, of course, eventually a song like this will have to be planned and produced, right? But I think the essence of it is the fact that every member is trying to input something a little different, a little chaotic, like you said, um, and kind of just rolling with it. Um, I, I will say Suga, uh, his bars are kind of fire. <laughs> just like that was like the immediate standout on first list. And I was like, oh, we're doing this. All right. Good to good. Good to see Suga. Um, and it's got a great rhythm throughout the song, right? It kind of carries you through with a lot of energy. Um, lastly, run bulletproof run. Yeah, you got to run. That is pretty catchy. It's pretty earwormy. It's in my head, man. Um, I didn't sing it. I just kind of said it. That's a thing. Um, any any other thoughts you have on Run BTS? I hope it's actually going to be the opening theme song to Run BTS when it actually makes a comeback. <laughs> I mean, what if they do like a music video for this, uh, like a like a B side video? I mean, so there is everyone's thinking about it that it might have a music video because the concept trailer when this whole album was teased for this. Day, there was like question marks and so there is always a chance they could always do a black swan where they just drop a music video out of nowhere yeah i mean freaking uh, map of the soul 7 had like 10 music videos come on guys let's be real <laughs> um no really fun song really cool song i would say um great surprise i think again this is them kind of re-exploring old bts and then saying hey new fans we, we got this uh, let's do this listen to this this is good all right, uh, let's get on to disc three, which only appears on the physical version of the album. Uh, this, the description is that uh, it is demo versions of existing BTS tracks and unreleased songs. Diffy, I'm sure you found a way to listen to them. <laughs> Tell me about the experience. What was this like kind of going into almost a, a, like a very raw, unedited version of BTS? Um, It really shows me their thinking process, and I am a little... I don't want to say bias, but I really like demos because they show me how much they've grown in within that track of like or how much they wanted to change to fit their style per se. Especially since a lot of the um, demos were their solo songs. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, a lot that a lot of the demos are kind of more catchy than the actual titles, <laughs> like the actual release, like DNA by J Hope was so good. I take your word for it. Um, I have no perspective on this as I have not listened to any of these songs. All I have done is my level of research and trying to read articles and people's articles and um, and uh, Natalie Morin's article on Rolling Stone. I will just keep plugging her because I think she is a fantastic writer. Everyone check her out. God, third time. Um, but yes, um, really interesting inclusion, especially just for a physical um, uh, if, if you have a CD player, that's that's where you're going to have to listen to this. Um, as you can see, uh, Tiffy pointing to her CD player on her wall with, uh, with the wings hovering above it. True army indeed. All right. Um, you know, we're going to... Any, any final feelings you have for, for Proof and this anthology experience, this journey for BTS or for you? Um... It definitely gave me, not negative with Flash, but like, you know, I 
went through the whole nine years. But then I'm also excited to see their next, like, releases, what they want to do next. Um, especially since they've done so much and they're always continuously, like, stepping it up. I'm just excited to see what they want to, are releasing next. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm sure this will be accompanied with, well, it's probably, it hasn't been announced yet. I'm so out of the loop with everything. A world tour is what I'm trying to get at. Do we have dates? Do we have specifics yet? There's no specifics yet, but since Hive usually doesn't like scheduling tours around the same time with like within their groups, if a group has already been announced, so like for example, TXT and 17, um, TXT being in July and 17 being in August, um, the next closest date for a world tour would be September. So we haven't done until then to save up. <laughs> Makes sense though. Okay, nice. I think I think you've done the BTS math quite nicely. All right, um, well, that ends it for uh, our proof discussion. Let us know what you think because um, it, this, this album's got a lot of emotion. Um, it's got even me, a non-BTS fan, really curious and um, willing to do the research. Imagine. <laughs> All right, um, we're going to get into some IRL K-pop discussion. So, like I said, uh, Tiffy and I are IRL friends. We see each other <laughs> quite frequently. Um, so, about two weekends ago, we had an entire K-pop day journey. We went to um, two cup sleeve events in San Francisco and a K-pop store. Um, I was dragged to this. Eh, maybe not dragged. I was brought along to this willingly, happily, because, you know, I don't have friends. So I was like, oh, my gosh, Tiffy's inviting me crazy. I get to go with a famous person. All right. So it was Saturday. Let's, let's first let's first think, tell everyone how, how it came to be. Um, would you like to start? Um, I don't even know where to start. I just said, hey, want to go hang out? I feel like that's how we usually like impromptu even though a lot of our other mutuals think that we're just always seeing each other it's very impromptu <laughs> uh, essentially yeah so I, I was out on a walk like i think it was afternoon um i had not eaten lunch yet i was like i'm gonna go home and eat lunch and then i get a call it's like hey what's where are you and it's like i'm gonna get you I'm like i'm not home <laughs> let me get home so i i rushed home i took a shower all of this within like 30 minutes and then um as i get out of the shower i see it on, on my phone it's like i'm outside but it's okay take your time it's like oh my god i gotta rush out the door so i get out the door we uh, hop into tippy's car and we head to san francisco to the k-pop shop what was the name, the name of the shop uh sada hello Hello. Um, and what did you do there? What, what exactly did we do there? Well, crispy window shopped. I bought stuff. <laughs> I specifically was kind of gunning for this one album um, for a few weeks. I was like, please not sell out. Like, sell out. I really want this album. So I bought a JB, his uh, first album release, um, Sobo Fume. Um, just because I went on this like rabbit hole of like trying to research for this company that we both work at um i'm trying to promote to our fellow um server you can members say you can say we, we we've got some uh ties to the mindset <laughs> by dive studios discord server and company 
And um, Tiffy was just doing her due diligence and researching GOT7 as JB released his mindset collection. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. And I just went a little too far with the YouTube videos. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I am standing now. <laughs> yeah, you went deep. You went I did. In a hurry. The, the so. commitment to my role. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. Um, yeah, so we, we went to that K-pop shop. So that K-pop shop is known in circles because um, a few months ago, you 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 met you met your friend you hung out with your really good friend do you want i will tell everyone uh so tiffy you know went to san francisco as she does and she hung out with alexa you know she went and uh, took pictures with her and talked to her and said i like your uh skincare and then they connected and now they're best friends crazy guys yeah she's adorable yeah she's great is she shorter than you she is right she is like significantly shorter than you Without yeah. shoes, right? Cause yeah, I feel like I thought it was cap for like a long time because I was like, oh, I know she's short, but like I'm generally like just barely average height, so it can't be that much of a difference. And I was like, when we were taking the photos together, I was like, do I should I be like the same level as her, or should I just stand normally? It was just like a struggle internally. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, next time she's in town, definitely let us know and, um, you know, get to the front of the line because you're best friends. Got it. Okay. Um, immediately after, we walked across the street and we got Boba. I think the name of the shop is Foam. Yeah. Foam Boba in San Francisco. Um, there was a cup sleep event. They're shiny. Please back. Um, what, 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 did we do? what did we do there? What did you see, Tiffy? A lot of teal, <laughs> which matched their um, fandom color. Um, I was just excited for Boba. Uh, I love Boba, if you know me. Um, I always get Boba. Um, and there was like a little booth with all their merch. There was also like this um, little game where if you just buy something, you can roll a dice and you can win stuff. Um, Crispy here bought some stuff. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I got food and I rolled the, the dice, the die. It was a D20 um, for, for all my gaming friends out there um, in in celebration of Onu and dice. I rolled the D20 and I got the best prize, a tote bag with um, Onu's dice um, printed on it. So it was a fan made merch, but it was a nice. It's a really nice tote bag, guys. It's super nice. I can use it when I go to Trader Joe's. It's, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, we got Boba there. And then um, Tiffy asked me a question. She goes, how much is too much boba in a day? That's her question, right? No, 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 no. I started it off with, how much boba do you normally get per week or per day? You know? It was per day, right? Something like that. Something like that. And I was and like, I, think yeah. I just gave a face. I was like, what do you mean? What, what did you already trying to ask? It's like, maybe once a day, maybe three times a week. I don't know. So then what was the reason for the question? So I was kind of beating around the bush because I had another cup sleeve that I kind of wanted to go to. But I was like, I don't know if Crispy is the type to drink like two bobas in a day. Because I think some people like, I know some people who are like, oh no, one boba limit per day. And I'm definitely not like that. 
if there's a cup sleeve, I'm going kind of a person. So I will stack up the bobas. <laughs> yeah, this is this is kind of the learning process of, of this friendship where it's like, you know, I drink boba so much and yet you still question me. It's like maybe I gotta question you're on the same level as me. You know, I post on Instagram, right? Or are you just like you want to confirm? Is that what it was? It was just like I need it was to just slightly make that. Sure. It was slightly that. I was like, I don't want to sound crazy if I ask to go get another boba. <laughs> uh, you sounded crazy when you asked the question, but it was totally fine. Um, and then we ended up going to another boba shop. Do you remember the name of that boba shop? Um, on the top of my head. Yeah, I don't remember that one for some reason. Although that was a a huge like four space boba shop um it was like cup of something cup of tea cup of, cup of tea. something that sounds something. right that sounds about right yeah. um it was about a five minute drive away from where we were at and they were celebrating txt yeah, um huge floor space they actually had booths set up like like aisles it felt like a convention um people were selling fan arts jewelry um a number of things they had a photo booth Amazing, incredible. Um, what was it like, you know, getting boba there and uh, enjoying TXT for you? It was great. I almost bought stuff. <laughs> I almost broke my budget, but it was good. It was good. Um, I really enjoyed the decoration. They really went all out. Um, it was that one was specifically Puma theme, so it was like kind of like cards, like Joker, um, poker kind of theme. But it was really good. Yeah, they they went all out. It was it was a huge celebration. Um, that, that was the week when TXT had just come back with their most recent release. So definitely they definitely huge TXT fans. Uh, Moas, right? Moas. I know things. I know boy groups. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, it was super fun. Everyone was so excited to be there. Um, this was where uh, Tiffy Celebrity was definitely front and center. Uh, before we walk in, the first thing someone says to her, like maybe six feet away, was like, oh my god, I love your outfit. And it's like, oh, I'm going to step back and let the celebrity just be a celebrity. <laughs> you just left me out. <laughs> Uh, bro, just I'm like a scrub over here. Just like I was like, I'm just here. She is what everyone is here for. Don't worry about me in the back. I was I was thrown off. I was like, do I know you? Sorry, I don't recognize you. <laughs> Imagine, right? Celebrity talk, guys. Imagine. Famous people. Um, no, that was really fun. Um, everyone was super friendly. Everyone was talking about all their concert experiences. Um, I, I was just eavesdropping. But yeah, everyone has all the concert schedules like memorized in their head and are just like rattling off dates. XT, good job, guys. Um, yeah, just a lot of fun just being out in public and doing K-pop things. Um, and then we head from San Francisco to Oakland. Or Wusang at the Starline Theater? Starline Club? I think it's Star the Starline Club. Club. Yeah, Starline Club in Oakland. Um, Tiffy had VIP because she is a VIP IRL. Um, I am just a, a pleb. I'm a normal person. So we were in line for a bit. We got there pretty early. Um, and then they separated us. So I was in the back with the plebs. Tiffy all the way up in the VIP <laughs> section. Um, and then as we started to get in, um, describe your experience seeing the size of the venue okay crispy was still in line when i went in and i walked in and i was like oh no 
we're gonna be kind of packed. Because <laughs> I wasn't expecting, when we bought the tickets, I was like, oh, like, it's sold out. It can't be that bad. Like, it's gonna be, like, it's gonna be full capacity. But the venue seemed pretty big. And when we got there, and when I got in, I was like, oh, it's like, kind of a, if anyone has ever been to, like, a stand-up comedy or, like, a, um, those types of shows where there's like a bar, it's kind of more of like a bar, um, an open mic night kind of situation. Um, so it was kind of pretty tiny. Um, so I was like, oh, gonna be ready to be packed like sardines. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an intimate environment. Um, like you said, it was more of a lounge, with just a stage. Um, and then kind of a small bar, but uh, I think people didn't want to leave their spots in the crowd. So the line was totally chill for me the entire time. All right. So Tiffany gets in. She finds her spot. She gets situated. She's good. I eventually get in. Um, and I, I make my way to the bar. I make friends with the bartender. Uh, turns out if you're kind to a person, he will be kind back to you. And one drink... Um, it charged me for one drink actually poured me like a double every time. It, it, yes. For those who don't drink, that's a lot of alcohol. Let's put it that way. A lot of free alcohol. So shout out to a uh, Starline club in Oakland. Um, and, and so I, I tried to like find Tiffy kind of in the crowd as people were coming in and she turns around and we wave to each other so close yet so far. Right. I, I, I'm not even joking that we were so packed I wanted to move back so I can join Crispy at one point, and I was like, I can't even move back to get out of the front. I'm stuck at the front. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of wild. Um, I actually took a picture of you. I told you to turn around, and then I snapped it. So it's 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 we were really proximity wise close, but you were just so packed with people that you there's nowhere to go. You could not get out. Um, which I was stuck there. Yeah, which is totally fine. So uh, as the show begins, um, I just move all the way to the back. And I can see the stage so clearly still. Um, and the show starts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying my beverages. Wusong, incredible, incredible music. Um, take me through it. How'd you feel kind of seeing Wusong come through on the left side, um, kind of in that alleyway for the artist, and then really getting on stage, singing and making you feel emotions? Yeah. Um, definitely at first, I was like, I can't even see. People are tall. <laughs> I was like, because the lights were even on him at that point, um, because I don't think the stage lights could go to the left aisle. So I, whereas I was like, I can't, I can't see. I'm just going to look through people's phones. Maybe they'll help. <laughs> it was like little monitors. Um, and then eventually he came on stage, which was great because he just like started singing. It was like, oh, vocals, vocals. Yeah, it sound, he sounded like, like, like the album. Like, in a good way, like a very natural way, right? God, his music is great. So he essentially played all of his songs from his three albums. Um, most of the songs. I wouldn't say all. But he did play most of the songs from Moth. All four songs. It's only four songs. Um, all all very emotional and just just so fun, right? Because he, does, he did a lot of you know, pauses and breaks between songs to kind of talk to the crowd and talk to us. Um, I do want to ask about the level of inappropriateness that you were surrounded by. So what was the, uh, the language being thrown in Wusong's direction that you could hear next to you? Um, there was a lot of uh, thirsty comments. <laughs> um, 
it's not the worst I've heard before, but it's definitely like a little bit stranger when you think about like, um, per se minors doing it. That's what like threw me off because like obviously since we had a bar inside the venue, people had to have a way to know if you're a minor or not. So I could obviously distinguish in the crowd who's a minor. And those are the people who were like projecting. And I was like, you, I aspire to have that level of courage, but at the same time, <laughs> wow, that's all I could say. Wow. People were wilding out around you um, for good reason. I mean, the songs were incredible, right? Um, I think it was definitely a memorable experience to hear Dimples and Lazy live. Um, I kind of I... love those songs. What were your favorite songs that he played? Um, I just wanted to hear I Love You So Bad just once. That's all I wanted for the, like, the whole night. And bless, it was so good. Um, that was definitely one of my favorites. I think he was a really good... Like, he purposely chose this venue for an intimate space, so he really interacted with all the fans a lot. Um, so he did kind of go off his set list a little bit, I think, at one point, when he was just kind of, like, doing little small requests, like little snippets. And that was, like, really cute. I, I did love the little snippets and samples of songs. Um, it was just not the full version, right? Whereas it was without the DJ playing the track, and it was just him kind of on the microphone or with his guitar. Man, cool guy. Just so cool. Man, Wusung. I, I am such a fan. Um, I, I actually became a fan of his this year. So I went back and listened to just his music. I'm actually not a The Rose fan. Uh, I, I know a couple of the songs that he played from The Rose. Um, I knew of the song that The Rose covered that he played, that he mentioned. Yeah, this song has a lot of views on YouTube. It's not our song. I, I know the story. Um, but yeah, just really cool that he played that song as well. I forgot. Do you remember the title of that one? I Love You? L-I-L-Y, I think? Yes, you said that. I am tripping, clearly. <laughs> um, but there's a good reason why I don't have that great of a memory of it, and I will do, discuss so now. So, um, I like I said, bartender, great guy. I've had one drink. I had two. The heaviest drinks of my life that didn't cost me that much money. Um, while in the back, I made friends with some folks. So shout out to all of you in the back. Um, there were two ladies who just looked up and saw me wilding out and dancing and partying on my own. So you see, if I know an artist, if I know their songs, I will unabashedly sing and dance and just enjoy the moment, right? And I, I like the back more because I could just do that without worrying about like knocking into people. Um, and then I stood next to like a pillar that had a, a spot to like put your drink down. So I was hands free. I was good to go. So they became my friends. They were also very drunk. Um, and then there was these two other ladies. Um, they, they continuously called themselves the Nunas, shouting it so loudly. Um, they, I, I hope I'm not. This is with all due respect and just with all love and compassion for them. And they, they told me this. They are in their 40s. Uh, they have families. Uh, they said, we, but, but they were living their life. They were just, they knew all the songs. They were shouting obscenities at Wusung. Yes, it was, it was wild. And we all became a group of friends who were just a little intoxicated, maybe a lot intoxicated. And, um, and yeah. Um, I said, they, they kept asking me, like, who are you here with? It's like, I told you 20 minutes ago. 
<laughs> I'm with a friend and she's up there. So then by the end of it, they kept like asking, where is she? Bring her here. So I, I went over to find you and, and said hi to them. And then they said some things to you that I don't, I think they kept asking if you liked BTS, just like unpro- unprompted. Right. Um, and yeah. They, and then they, they, so they run cup sleeve events that they really wanted us to be involved in stuff. So um, I went down first at the end of the show get you know because we had to be let out and i hung out with them for a good 15 20 minutes they they kept trying to convince me to go out afterwards and i was just like i'm gonna be really responsible and drink a lot of water right now so i don't get hung over tomorrow but you guys do your thing they were so drunk it was it was crazy um so i'm downstairs i'm just chilling waiting at the bar um drinking water vibing you were in vip Tell me about that experience. What was it like to hang out with Wusung at the end during question and answer? Yeah, so uh, question and answer was only maybe, I want to say, like 10, 20 minutes at most. Um, so he didn't answer everyone's question, but he like had his assistant, I want to say, maybe his manager, um, kind of just choose people who were raising their hands and just ask whichever question. Um, he was super, super sweet about it. Um, he did like a favor to one of the like one of the fan who's I think sister, sibling, family member who couldn't come because I think she was sick and was like in the hospital. And so they were asking him to like, oh, just say hi and just saying like just a small message to her. And he did it. It was just like a super genuine message. And I was like, my heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like small little laughters here and there. It was poor. Like, if you thought the concert was intimate, that Q&A was super, super intimate. It was just like we could connect with him. Um, and then after the Q&A, we all left the venue. We had to line up again, and we took group photos, got our merch, and that was it. And I reconvened with Crispy. Yeah, she, she, she texted me, and I was like, I'm on my way. I'm good to go. Um, no, that sounds like an incredible time. It, it's, it's really cool that the image and feeling that Wusung kind of projects in his music as far as being a very caring person um, is very genuine because that's kind of who he is in real life, right? I mean, um, between what you just said about him during the VIP section and then throughout the show, just his interactions with fans, you can kind of tell this is who he is. And um, it, it's it's great that it's wrapped up in all this talent and experience and um, kind of just a really cool person, you know? He is such a powerhouse, but also such a genuine guy. Yeah, yeah, so so awesome. Um, any any last memories you have of uh, Wusung in Oakland? <sighs> I just wanted to hear him sing again. Those are really great vocals. <laughs> ah, I, well, the bros are coming back together, so it's, we're getting hopefully new the rose music. Um, if anything, I hope they actually just tour because. I become a fan, so I I will go see him. Um, but yeah, I, with Wu Sung, I am just I, I like this kind of music where it, it's um, introspective, but there's a there's a funness to it. Is that a word? Um, with the way he sings, and there's a there's a very clear like emotional raspiness to his voice, where you can feel his experiences. Right? Um, yeah, no, I am just a big fan. So thank you for uh, getting my tickets. By the way, you are a true fan. Of course. Yeah, um, yeah. Tippy is a, is a true G. I'll just put it that way, guys. All right, let's wrap things up with some closing thoughts. So, 
K-pop this year has been incredibly busy. But what are you looking forward to for the second half of the year? So we've got summertime, all these concerts, got some new music, maybe question mark. Um, but just what are you looking forward to for the last half of 2022? Um, more concerts, definitely. I'm going to TXT and Seventeen so far. Um, but you know, ITZY has announced their comeback and their world tour. So hopefully, I'll be there. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, just more comebacks. Yeah, I think for Maybe me, KCON. Okay, so let's talk about that real quick. So KCON <laughs> is on uh, August, uh, KCON LA um, is on the weekend of August 19th. Simultaneously, Head in the Clouds is also there for that Saturday and Sunday. Head in the Clouds is an all-day music festival, literally overlapped with KCON. My question to you is, have you decided between KCON or Head in the Clouds? You're just throwing the question at me. Have Putting you decided? you on the spot. Are you asking me? I'll answer. Yeah. Do I'm it. I'm like 95% sure I'm going to Head in the Clouds. I am 50-50 still. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. They're both such good. Well, okay, KCON doesn't have a lineup yet, but Head in the Clouds lineup is pretty dang good. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, Head in the Clouds is an all-day outdoor music festival in August in Los Angeles. Okay, so just the idea of fighting environment and nature and heat, uh, I can understand avoiding that. Where KCON, yes, it is indoors, so a little musty there, um, but it's in an indoor stadium and it's only for a few hours in the evening and then you have the rest of your night to do whatever you want. Um, So... I guess as far as the, the physical toll on your body or like the mental toll, Akon is probably lighter in that sense, but, but head in the clouds is music all day. So uh, that is also just a consideration. Um, yeah, I'm about 95%. I haven't bought my ticket to the show yet, but I did buy my plane tickets. So I, I'm going to be in LA that weekend. Um, and, and my, my supervisor, my boss, my lead, um, she knows, and she's, uh, she's just all about it. She goes, Oh yeah, totally. You there. Um, we love a supportive boss. <laughs> I know. Um, with Itzy, I'm kind of traumatized right now with all the lack of like getting these tickets through Ticketmaster and all these other like large ticketing sites. I kind of hate them. Um, <clears throat> I, I was fooled when Luna released tickets for the San Francisco show through the venue, which was perfect. It's like, yes, easy, no problem, guys. And then everyone, all the other Luna fans on the server, all the other orbits were like dying across like Ticketmaster and TicketWeb and all those other sites. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. And then I remembered, oh, that's the norm. So then Aspa came around and I lost my mind. Um, the, there are some life events that have actually like crossed paths and prevented me from going to Aspa. Um, their showcase in LA in two weeks? Jeez, man. Um, but I hope for Itzy, it's a little bit more accessible. Um, I already have my plane ticket to LA for the Wednesday for Itzy. So hopefully we get those tickets and uh, we'll go. Love that positive thinking. Oh, we will right. s- tickets will be secured. Right, manifesting. Manifesting. Um, any closing thoughts, words of wisdom you'd like to share with the Soju Talk community? Um... Stay hydrated. It's summertime. 
was just about to drink my water. Very nice. Yeah, no, it's um, in the Bay Area. There was a heat wave over the weekend. It was 95 degrees on um, Friday. It cooled off a little bit throughout the weekend, but it's still quite warm. Um, so, yeah, definitely stay hydrated. Stay safe, everyone. Um, find a place to stay cool. Enjoy, enjoy K-pop. Enjoy K-pop outside with real people. Uh, there's just so much that's happening nowadays um, as far as people wanting to be outside. Right? I think people have the hunger to just interact and like host something in real life. So definitely just check on online in various spaces. You'll come across it. I, I have all the faith that it, it'll just happen to a lot of people. It happens very organically, honestly. All right, Tiffy. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Literally, this just feels like us like going to get boba and hanging out and just talking I know. about like we, <laughs> we, we do this like all this is like normal. This is not even a show anymore for us. This is just like how we talk to each other. This is how we just converse and this time we just decide to record it. That's I, it. <laughs> that's kinda of funny. All right. Um signing out. Thank you everyone for listening to the Soju sessions on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-Pop Podcast Discord. For Tiffy, I'm Crispy, and this has been the Soju Sessions. <laughs> <laughs>